Hello again, and welcome back to Farron Dunn Film. Today I return to the genre series, taking a closer look at another key genre of the GCSE film study specification, the musical. A musical is a film that features songs sung by characters within its narrative. Typically, these songs will either further a film's plot, or will provide some kind of respite for the audience, or to signify a jump in time, location, or character. Musicals gained significant popularity with the introduction of sound in the 1920s and maintained their popularity through a golden period for the genre in the 1960s, which saw films based on stage musicals such as West Side Story and The Sound of Music receive widespread commercial and critical acclaim. After a bit of a dry spell in the 70s and the 80s, the Disney Renaissance period in the 90s utilised conventions in the musical genre to create timeless songs and soundtracks that arguably played a huge part in their success during this time. More contemporary film musicals such as Sweeney Todd and Into the Woods have darker narrative elements to them, while pop culture icons such as Queen and Elton John have had their lives retold through the film musical in Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man, respectively. Some conventions of the musical then, so characters you tend to get lovers, families, groups and friends, musicians, artists, performers and underdogs. Settings, public buildings, iconic landmarks, fictional settings, time periods, neighbourhoods, cities or small towns. Themes, obviously there's lots of songs, dancing, relationships, loss and grief, happiness, independence and social commentary. So key convention number one, and quite possibly the most laboured or tedious convention of the musical for any non-fan, is the use of random musical numbers. Typically, a number of characters will be partaking in a scene where all of a sudden, a character will break out in song. Nothing will be made of this, and it can be quite jarring at first. The second key convention is social commentaries. As should now be clear, pretty much all genres will try and reflect on society in their narratives, and by using their own conventions to do so. The film Rent deals with love, loss, and living with AIDS in a narrow-minded society. Dreamgirls features relationship breakups, drug abuse, and corporate greed. The final key convention is life stories or biopics. So since the early 2000s, musicals have turned to telling the life stories of some of the biggest and most popular musicians, groups and performers on film. These biopics or jukebox musicals tend to come in two forms. The first is that they are films where actors play the parts of real life musicians and rely on band recordings to provide the music. So something like Straight Outta Compton. Cue 15 year old boys everywhere realising that Straight Outta Compton is a musical. And the other is where actors will also sing and re-record the music for the film, so something like Jersey Boys. Now this is usually the point in the podcast where I give you my recommendations for musicals to seek out and watch, but I'm going to hold back on that for now, as in a couple of episodes time we're going to be doing a top 10 list of all our favourite musicals. Before I wrap up, I thought I'd share with you a quick conversation James King and I had about musicals after we recorded the actor Keanu Reeves episode a few months ago. It may be something along the lines of musicals, because am I right in saying that Grease is your favourite film? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it's certainly one that I'm very happy to return to every now and again, like every month. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know whether Grease is... is, It was interesting when lockdown happened, because I was getting requests from radio stations and things like that to do chats about movies to help us through lockdown because Mm. back in March when this first kicked in we all panicked about emotionally how are we going to deal with this and so we talked or I talked quite a lot about feel-good films with various journalists and and shows Um, and I would definitely put Grease in that that it's it's this 
escapism where actually the problems of the world and the ethical dilemmas and the, the issues that, that are constantly on social media, you just forget about them for a couple of hours and you wallow in that sort of um, beautiful, happy, pretty bubble of, of, of greaseness of Rydell High. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know if Greece would be in, in described as an issue led film in a way it's sort of the opposite isn't it it's the anti-issue film it's the film you escape to to forget about issues for a while yeah um uh, which is no bad thing escapism is very important it's actually on the uh, film studies spec grease um because we get given a pair of films so we do rebel without a cause and ferris Bueller's day off but one of the other options yeah. is grease and singing in the rain and I, oh I, wow okay. i came very close to doing it one year um thinking that i had the right class but I kind of I, I thought against that a little bit because that's way, a lovely way to spend four hours of your time, though, isn't it? Singing in the rain in Greece. I mean, wow. the other options that we had, we ended up doing King Solomon's Mines and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which Raiders is fine, King Solomon's is quite boring. And which then, version of it? The 1955 version. Um, okay. And I don't think they'd really clicked on to the fact that they weren't going to like it. And then when we watched it, they were like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, we should have done something else instead." <laughs> but as is the way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so but yeah, I mean, certainly with with something like Hamilton, of course, which is the buzz musical of the moment, that yeah. there is a musical that actually feels relevant to topics that are going on in today's world. Um, was... So me and and I think more and more musicals will probably be like that. There's been plenty in the past, but but I think perhaps with musicals now, um, even something like The Greatest Showman feels a bit naive now it only came out two or three years ago but that feels a bit a bit empty i feel mm. that that even in musicals now we want more content and more yeah. depth and hamilton and the massive success of that on disney plus is certainly proof of that that you can have a musical where you sing along or rap along and it's feel good for want of a better phrase in certain in many areas but actually it's really saying something about today's world because I don't always think been... the greatest showman is. No, I think I think with I think with musicals, they've always been quite good at social commentary as long as they do it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of Rent, um, and I think around the time that that was made, and the time around you know it's sort of late eighties, early nineties, um, and then I, I don't think that the film version gets the credit that it's due. I think that's you know it's perfectly fine, a perfectly good adaptation of it, um, but it's one of the things. So because we get set certain genres of films from the exam board that the students can write their coursework on and musicals is one. And I like to do a lesson on all of them. So I quite enjoy putting the clips in from the musicals and, you know, we have a good chat about certain things. Um, but I mean, the, the students are aware of Grey Shawman and they, they all quite like that. Actually, maybe I've done that down a bit because it is about inclusivity, isn't it? There's a lot about that in The Greatest Showman and, and This Is Me is... Is, is all about being proud of who you are, whatever that is. Yeah. So uh, there, are, there is something there, but I, I think that the greater showman feels very different to Hamilton. Uh, it's, it's a very different beast. Yeah. I wonder if the music came first rather than the story, because I'm, I'm, I'm becoming quite a fan of the Pasek and Paul collaboration and the writing. And if you've listened to anything from like Dear Evan Hansen and things like that, you know, but I think with Hamilton, clearly the story was because it's historical. The story was there first, yeah. and you know, Lin Manuel is writing around the story. And is yeah. it that they just written songs and thought, oh, this is how we'll 
sort of intertwine all these things together? Was it always planned to be a Barnum thing? Yeah, I, I don't know the answer no, to that. No, it'd be interesting I, to look it, into, I think. Yeah, it is. In a way, The Greatest, the greatest Showman's actually one of the phenomenas of the movie world of recent years. And we we tend to write it off, maybe as I just have, as, <laughs> oh, it's The Greatest Showman. Everyone knows it. It's what everyone's been listening to. And it's just the thing. And you, your granny watches it. Um, but 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 there are questions behind that. How did it become like that? Yeah. What is it that people love about it? Because this is such a phenomenon, the kind of which we really don't see very often. No one expected that movie to be that successful. So why, you know, that there's those are, are papers and theses to be written. Yeah. How did the Greatest Showman become this this phenomenon that it is? Because I remember it being around and like when it was released and things. It was around and, forever. Yeah. And it, it, it didn't like the world on fire in terms of reviews and things. And I just remember thinking, oh, so that NAF musical is still in the cinemas. And, you know, but I've totally, I've, I've kind of fallen into the soundtrack, I'll admit. Um, going watching Hugh Jackman on his tour last year helped, I suppose. Because uh, my wife's quite into yeah, right, it yeah. and she was all over it. There was one girl sat behind us and she just went, I thought Zach Efron was here. <laughs> and I thought you've been pitched this the wrong way. <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> Some people are never happy, are they? No, that's it. I thought he's just tap danced. He's just tap danced to ACDC and you're not happy. <laughs> it, it was amazing though, you know. Yeah, and the, the, maybe there's the answer. Hugh Jackman, he's brilliant. He, I mean, he's the greatest showman himself, really, isn't he? He's a guy who can be Wolverine one moment and then... Um, you do a musical the next so uh, that 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 charisma that he has shouldn't be underestimated i mean he was one of those like similar to keanu and you know something's got to give where i'd seen him do wolverine for so long and then they said oh he's hosting the oscars and he opened it with and i thought what what's happening <laughs> so read more into it adam yeah, <laughs> actors can play more than one. They role. can do more than that. One, I mean, it's really weird that I keep remembering this, but I remember watching um, Coyote Ugly with my sisters, and Adam Garcia's in that. And then yeah. I think a few weeks later, there was um, you remember when ITV did things like an audience with, and he'd done an audience with Kylie Minogue, and Adam Garcia comes out and starts tap dancing. And I remember turning to my mum. I must have only been about twelve and saying. He didn't tap dancing coyote ugly. <laughs> I'm always like, he doesn't have to do everything he can do in one film. <laughs> if only he'd have tap danced in coyote ugly. Well, you know, on the bar, that might on have been an bar. extra scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they missed a trick there. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back next week with Oliver and Holly for another sort of manufactured franchise episode as we discuss the films of the Disney Renaissance period. You can help support Farrandon Film by following us on Twitter at Farrandon Film, by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Farrandon Film and leaving a five-star review at your favourite podcast provider. Stay safe, look after each other and I will see you next time.